Hey, this is Pastor Roy Barrett from Discover Life Church. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Now let's get ready to be transformed, have our hearts encouraged, and live the life God has created us to live. Enjoy today's teaching. Let's go to Esther chapter number four. And typically I would try to just give abbreviated verses to jump right into the message. But I want to read the entire chapter number four because it does give great backdrop and context. And so if you don't mind, we're going to act like a good uh, TV preacher right now. I'm going to ask PK to read um, because I just love to hear her read. And so we're going to read the entire, the entire fourth chapter of the book of Esther. And so come on, we're going to act like we own DLC media and broadcast. Um, Sister, S- Sister Crystal, read! <laughs> when Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province mm-hmm. to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Haftak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to, her to attend her and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. Mm-hmm. So Haftak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, so, to show to Esther and explain it to her. Mm-hmm. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hattak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, mm-hmm. you alone of all the Jews will escape. Yes. For if you remain silent at this time, yes. relief and deliverance for the Jews yes. will arise from another place. Yes. But you and your father's family will mm-hmm. perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position yes. for such a time as this. Okay. It's a couple more verses. I'm coming. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, Mm -hmm. night or day. Mm -hmm. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, Mm -hmm. even though it is against the law. Mm -hmm. And if I perish, I perish. Mm -hmm. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. (laughs) Thank you, sister. (laughs) Thank you, sister Crystal, for the reading of the announcements. Now govern yourselves accordingly. (laughs) Uh, we are, yeah, yeah, entire chapter. All right, stay engaged, stay plugged in. Go ahead and call your, tag your friends, text your friends, let them know we're about to start talking from this subject or this theme right here. The time is now. Amen. The time 
is now. Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you for the unfolding of your word so that it is not only just words on a screen, but it literally becomes what it is, the living word. Yes. And it causes us to become alive in you and dead to this world and to sin and to doubt, to fear, to stress. And we become alive to purpose, to potential, to faith, to destiny, to the fruit of the spirit, to all things pertaining to who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Real fast, real fast. Look at me, all eyes on me. All eyes on me. <laughs> uh, lead out and alone. All eyes on me. I want you to just type into the comment line just a couple of words. And here are the words I want you to type. The time is now. Just I want you to just type, the time is now. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? I, okay, just, just type. The time is now. Just type it. The time is now. That's it. Just, just type it. The time is now. The time is now. I want you to type that. Give you a moment to type it. The time is now. And then once you have typed the time is now, I'm going to give you another phrase I want you to type. I want you to type, it's my turn and it's my time. I want you to type that. It's my turn and it's my time. So I want you to type that in there. He's like, well, Pastor, you're making us do some work at the beginning of the message. Yes, I am. We're going to start unpacking this. But I want you from the beginning to be fully on board with where we're going and what we're doing. And so we're going to begin to unpack this. Um, it may turn into a series. We've been praying um, over this message and praying for you guys. And we feel like this may actually be the unfolding um, of a couple of weeks of unearthing this whole idea of the time is now. So let's give some backdrop to some for those who may not be familiar with the story of Esther. Here's what's fascinating. This is a time where God's people have not only been, can we say, um, in exile, meaning that the Babylonians came, overthrew God's people in Jerusalem, and relocated them to the Babylonian province. But more than that, while they were in Babylonian captivity, the Persians came and overthrew the Babylonians. And so now God's people have been um, enslaved from the Babylonians to the Persians. Okay. So that's where you get um, a contemporary for Esther would be someone like a Nehemiah. Um, and so now she is under the Persian rule, the Persian authority. She's one as God's um, people but she's living enslaved in Persian captivity and in Persian province. And what happens is there is this queen at the time called Queen Vashti, and she is of Persian descent. She's naturally born, naturally bred. She's a Persian woman, we believe. And so Vashti decides that when the king one time summons her to come to a party, to an event, to a ball, and all of this that he was hosting— wanted her to come, and even though he had bad intentions for her coming, he just wanted to show her off as a, um, not a side piece, but just kind of flaunt, you know, her as eye candy. She decided not to come, and in rebellion to the king, she actually becomes disqualified from becoming the queen or remaining the queen, and so there's this decree made out that says, hey, um, the queen, the king's 
in a court, his, his people decide, send a decree throughout the land, find all the virgins, have them come, and you're going to begin to then assimilate. We're going to have almost like a contest and see who's going to be the next queen. Well, here's the issue. Esther is of Jewish descent. No one knows that except for Mordecai, who is her uncle, who by all accounts adopted her since her parents died and raised her like his own daughter. And so you have brought, you've been brought into this portion where one of the king's treacherous right hands, Haman, didn't like Mordecai because he felt like Mordecai was disrespectful to him. And so he tricked the king, deceived the king into making a decree that all the Jews would be killed. All the Jews would be wiped out in Persia. They, it would be mass genocide. And so when Mordecai finds out, Mordecai, knowing that Esther is in the palace now, says, hey, you should use your position, use your opportunity, use your favor, use where God has placed you as a means for helping your people because you are a Jew just like us. Right. Now, Esther and Mordecai are the only ones that knows her nationality. And so what he's telling her is, I don't want you to think, Esther, that you're going to be able to remain untouched and uninvolved from this current situation. Now, I want to highlight that. I don't want you to think, Esther, that you're going to be able to stay untouched and uninvolved from these current circumstances. Your family is going to be found out. Your family is going to be found out. Your real identity is going to be found out. And who knows if God hadn't brought you into the kingdom, meaning the palace. Who knows if God hadn't given you that position for such a time as this, that there's meaning, there's purpose, there's significance to the role you have right now. What he was telling her is that the time is now for you to step up. The time is now for you to get right in the middle of the battle, to get right in the firing squad. It's time for you right now to get right in the throes of everything. And I, and I want to say this, and then I know I've done a lot of talking. I'm going to let PK jump in. I think what's fascinating about the book of Esther, something that I um, never really paid attention to, is that in the book of Esther, you won't find any reference to God. You don't see Jehovah. You don't see the Lord Almighty. You don't see God. You only hear you don't see the name God mentioned in the book of Esther. And the reason I want to highlight that is the story unfolds in such a way that we know God is working behind the scenes, navigating things. And oftentimes where we're not clear God is working, we take that as a license for us not to work. We check out. Right. We check out because where we think God isn't moving, God isn't working, then we think, well, I ain't got to do anything. If I can't clearly distinguish and discern that it's God, then somehow, you know, I got to pass. That's good. That's good. It, it, it's that um, the same situation where sometimes we're looking for the burning bush with mm -hmm. Moses. We're looking for Lord for the Lord to come and speak to us in such a magnificent mm -hmm. manner in which he spoke with yes. um, Moses through the burning bush. Yes. That we're like, okay, well, Lord, I can't move. I can't engage until you do that. And yes, we want the Lord to speak with us. But this in here, as, as we're going to see with Esther, Esther is called to the batter's box. And I, when we were talking about this, yes. the, the example that came to me, and I just want to share it because I was like, Lord, this is cool, um, is when our kids used to play baseball, mm -hmm. there is something called, I guess, the on-deck circle. On-deck, yep. When they're on-deck, right? Like, Shout out yeah, to you. Go ahead on. I had to ask. 
there was an on deck, <laughs> there was the on deck um, little circle where they would, when they're about to go up to bat, they're the next person in line yes. and they're warming up in that spot. Yes. And I believe that this is a picture here where, where, and it speaks to us, where many of us are in this on deck spot where God, you're warming mm -hmm. up. And we're yes. going to talk about this a little bit further in the message, but God, it, it's now is your time. Yep. The person before you has already batted, and it is your time to come on and grab your bat and take your spot at home plate. And God may not cause the thunder to shout and the lights to blink mm -hmm. to say it's your time, mm -hmm. but there are other ways that we'll see that you will know it's your time to step up. And I believe that yes. for many of us, it's our time right now to step up to the plate in the arenas in which it's, God has given it's your, us. And it's your time to step up. It's your time to stand up. It's your time to speak up. And one of the things I thought, thought was fascinating about Esther in the initial dialogue with Mordecai when he first asked her for help because she's tentative, um, she's a little afraid, she's passive, right. it is the idea that this is your season. This is your time. This is your term. The time is now for you to be more vocal, more visible than you're probably not accustomed to being and doing. Mm, this right. is your time to be more vocal, more visible then you probably are not accustomed to being nor doing. Okay. I know Sade, um, Sade Oldacre, um, one of our um, great members and volunteers, leaders in the church, um, of course, her job, New Way with Marketing, as we've had many conversations in this season, in this climate, one of the things I know she has um, oftentimes shared with me, like this is the time to be vocal. This is the time to be vis um, visible. This is the time to step up, to speak up. This is the time to let, let's get scriptural for some of y'all. This is the time to let your, your light shine. That's right. This That's is right. your time. The time is now. The time is now. And so we just want to share with you just four, four, four truths that you and I need to know in this season, to know in this season. Not so much about what to do. I just want, and PK wants you to know four truths about this time right now, about this being the now time. This is a now time. Everybody talk about, can I get a now word? The now word is that now is the time. Now is your time. The now word is that the time is now. It is your time and it is your turn to get out of the, um, on deck circle, because I think what's fascinating was that, that picture I always have when you with baseball, the on deck circle. And on the on deck circle, you see the person swinging, and they are oftentimes emulating the person before them to get rhythm down to see how the pitcher pitches. So you'll see them going through the motions. You see them stretching and working out and doing all that stuff. But here's the point. You can't stay in the on deck circle forever. Right. You're not on the team just to stay on deck. You're not, you're not on the team to just look, to be on the on-deck circle, wear the uniform, go through the motions, directions, look the part. No, no, no. There's going to come a time, whether the person before you struck out, whether they hit a home run, whether they walked, what, no matter what happened, there's going to come a time that the batter's box is going to need another hitter. And the umpire is going to be looking at you like, it's your time. It's your turn. You're like, nah, I'm comfortable right here in the on-deck circle. I'm not quite ready yet. Here's the point. God never called you to be stationary. Right. He called you to be mobile because you always have a time and you always have a turn. And okay. the time is now. Here's four things we want you to know during this time. Number one, I've been promoted regardless of the circumstances. I've been promoted regardless of the circumstances. 
I've been promoted regardless of the circumstances. And again, I believe all our assignment and privilege today is just come alongside, encourage you to reinforce some truths that you may already know and to share some truths that you may have not considered. I've been promoted regardless of the circumstances. Originally, I wasn't going to put this point in here, but I thought it, it, it's noteworthy. And that is this. Oftentimes, we want promotion. We pray for promotion. But we also want promotion in such a way that we can control the conditions, that we can control when right. the door open, right. that we can control how the door open, that we can control um, the manner by which we get to that next level, that next seat that we're elevated. But what we recognize through the story of Esther is that God determines the door being open. Right. God determines how the door is open. God determines who is removed so you can get into that position. Because if so, Esther could have easily said, if Vashti ain't want it, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to come up in that place. Not like that. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get the position like that. Right. And this is right. not the time for you to head trip about the opportunities, the possibilities that God is promoting you into. Right. You may not like the conditions right. by which you get the promotion, but you and I do not have the luxury of trying to disqualify ourselves from how God is trying to promote us because we don't like the conditions or circumstances. Okay. When the time is now, the time is simply now. Uh, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to be quiet with this. In the, um, last, last year, the, unfortunately, they lost the football game. But in the second round of Tyler, Ryan Tyler's um, playoff football game, the team was just having a hard time. They was having a hard time. And they kept trying to get, um, you know, on the same page. It just, it just was hard. The weather, it was raining. It was cold. And it just was slow. It just, it just things weren't going. And conditions and circumstances didn't seem like it lended itself to us just clicking. And, and Tyler was doing everything he could do. And, and he would just, they had him focus on special teams. At that for the first half they just we just need you on special teams shout out to him because he's always getting special teams recognition and awards and everything like that and they said um and he also plays running back and so they said tyler we're going to start you the second half we know you haven't gotten any um running back reps for the first half we're going to just give you the ball cold in the second half and we apologize but we need something to happen we just need a spark we need something and so Lo and behold, second half starts, kickoff. We kind of move the ball down the field um, on a couple of pass plays, and they say, all right, Tyler, let's go. Give him the ball, first play, and he runs, scores, touchdown, puts us within strike conditions, like a 17-yard run. Circumstances wasn't the best, conditions wasn't the best, but he stepped up to the plate. You cannot always control when you're called. Because God never tells us to try to be in control of when we're called, only to be available right. to respond to the call. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm looking at you, so I'm looking at the camera because I can feel I, I feel some eyebrows being raised because many of you want be, you want to be promoted right. in a way that doesn't watch this that doesn't make you feel like you're taking advantage of somebody else's misfortune. 
you know, sometimes, mm -hmm. and I know that's something that I, yeah. I definitely deal with because I'm very, as you always tell me, I'm very black and white in my yep. mind. <laughs> and I'm very, you know, there's an order in which things should happen. And so there's a plan, according to the order yes. that I have in my mind, there's a plan yes. that should unfold. And as my plan unfolds, yes. then all the dominoes will fall in place and, and the desires of yes. my heart will be accomplished. But we'll see, and we see here with Esther and we see with many of the characters and many of the people um, in the Bible that God's plans, he even tells us, his ways are not as yes, our ways, yes. his thoughts are not our thoughts. Right. And so God's plan doesn't always work according to our plan. And so even as Esther is finding herself yes. in, in um, this position of authority, as we'll see, but as she finds herself in this position that she was not expecting, probably didn't necessarily want, right. but yes. she finds herself in this position and we see going forward that she was in that position for such a time as this to fulfill God's purpose yes. in the land. And so how, what does that mean to us? You know, I think in this time, we have to remember that wherever we are, be it the position we've always desired, be it a position we never desired, and we're looking mm -hmm. around like, Lord, how in the world did I get here? Mm -hmm. Wherever we are, know that that is by God's design. That yes. is on purpose that you are where you are and there's something God wants to do in that place. So so now at that point, my response is a heart condition. Yes. My response is having a heart that says, Lord, remember we talked about last week with Mary, be it unto me as you have said. Mm -hmm. God, whatever you're saying for me to do in this season, Lord, I say yes to you. Yes, I, I, I agree because I say yes because I'm not in control of everything. I'm only in control of my response to be obedient to you and to the opportunities you give me, even if they don't come about the way I want or the way I think. You have to know in this season, you're being promoted into conversations, into opportunities, into discourse. It is a promotion to bring you, watch this, into greater levels of being vocal and visible. Um, it's a promotion to increase your influence on the encouraging of people the unifying of relationships and races and families, right, right. the developing of plans and strategies. Um, it is a promotion, right. and you and I got to step up, even if the conditions and circumstances are not favorable. Amen. It is God, because God says, and I'm going to point number two, because God says, I think in Psalms, um, Mark, one of my, my scholars, Bible scholars who are watching right now, um, Norman, Bokey, uh, James, or Marcus, you guys can put the verse in the comment line, because God says in the Psalms, I set one up and I take one down. Promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west. Promotion comes from God. So he arranged. He says, I'm not asking you to control who I promote and how I promote. I'm asking you just to make sure you know that the time is now for you to get out of the on-deck circle. All right, here's point number two. Your time is now. Now, I named, I got a little check in my heart. I named all guys, but I know I got some lady scholars that y'all can, can bring out the word of God also. Um, so I know, so don't, don't give me that uh, response. All right, point number two. Here's what, else, here's what else I want you to know. I've been prepared through my waiting season. Uh, both, of, <laughs> both of us took a deep breath. deep breath. Deep breath. I've been prepared through my waiting season. Now, I'm going to look at my notes on this one because this is such an interesting uh, passage that I want to highlight because the process for becoming queen, first, the casting call goes out, we're looking for queens. Then you're taking, then you're taken into one of the harems that's divided into um, quadrants or harems that are sectioned off with an, a, a eunuch over each one. Right. 
And each woman has to go through 18 months of what the Bible calls beauty treatments, oils, perfumes, and cosmetics. I, I, I knew you. I knew that. Each woman goes through 18 months of beauty treatments, oils, perfumes, and cosmetics. I hear Candace, uh, Candace Lofton's voice. She's like, so that's 18 months of me just going to bath and body work to get whatever I want and the Lord paying for the bill. Um, and the reason I'm highlighting this is because 18 months of beauty treatments. I asked the question on Google this morning before I came out, like, what is the purpose of, of cosmetics? Like, and I just did a Google search. Like, what's the purpose of cosmetics? And I thought it was fascinating that the response says, and this was just on Google, just me typing in. It says that the purpose of cosmetics, makeup, beauty treatments is to be cleansed, replenished, and enhanced. Mm. To be cleansed, Cleanse. replenished, and enhanced. Okay. That's a mouthful. Because in essence, just like these ladies going through this process, in essence, what they were going through was 18 months of being detoxed. It is a, it's a purification process. Watch this. Why is it a purification process? Because what the king is really saying, I don't want anything to come from your life to smell like you're common. I need you to now be adorned. For royalty. Okay, okay. You need to be, watch this, and I'm not trying to insult anywhere being sensitive. The king is determining the fragrance and aroma that should come from your life. So he's detoxing all the bad toxin oils or whatever. You can speak to that. He, all of that is getting flushed out so that you and I can have the most radiant look because we represent the king. So in this season, many of you you can't curse this last three years because God was purifying you, purifying your thinking, purifying your speaking, purifying your belief system, purifying how you feel about certain things. It was a purifying time because the time is now and God always prepares by purifying. You can never escape the purifying season is part of the preparation season. It, 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 they go hand in hand, and many people want to be prepared without being purified. Right. They want to be promoted without being purified. They want to be elevated without being purified. But you're never fully promoted without having a waiting season, and the waiting season is always about God purifying us, getting rid of the impurities, getting rid of the insecurities, getting rid of all those things that speaks to us being common and not speaking to us being royalty. That's so good. And I think even even in this point, I want to point out is that while she's being prepared, mm -hmm. while she is being purified, she still doesn't know why she's there. Wow, that's good. She still doesn't have yes, yes. the the big so what to say as mm. far as why God mm -hmm. has her in this position. Mm -hmm. And how often is that with our yes, lives? That's good. Lord, you're taking me through this season where I feel like I'm being stripped. Yes. Where I feel like I'm being, you know, um, filtered. Where yes. I feel like I am being cleanse all for the enhancing of my life yes but i still don't know the big so what that it's pointing to i don't know exactly what you want to do and here's the thing that's okay that's okay that is okay. yes that's good it's not she wasn't 
in a problem place. Mm -hmm. she, there wasn't something wrong with her. There's nothing wrong with you. That's right. You're not in a problem place. It is okay if God has you in a time of purification, of detoxing, of enhancing. That is a good thing. And it's okay if the Lord hasn't given you all the answers yes. to why you're there. Yes. It's coming. Yes. And it, because 18 months of being, and, and if I can just I try to use my um, sanctified imagination, 18 months of constantly being um, massaged, pressed on. And what I mean by massage, pressed on, being being altered, adjusted, yeah, yeah, yeah. worked on, yeah. worked in, worked out, never knowing the why, the why. And, and it's like 18 months of being perplexed, confused, disoriented, good days, bad days, thinking you understand it, thinking you know why. Feeling like you in the rhythm with God, feeling like you're out of a rhythm right, with God, right. going through all of that and all for the express purpose that God knows what he's doing, even when we don't know. And there's and, and I know we're going to move to point three as far as what I must what I must know when it's my mm -hmm. time. But there's something that I just we just got to bring out for just a moment. In verse 15, it talks about how mm -hmm. when when it was Esther's turn to come before the king. So this is before Mordecai gives her, asks right. her to go. Mm -hmm. Again, this is just when she's going okay. normally, right? Mm -hmm. When it was her turn to go, the scripture says that she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, mm -hmm. suggested. And to me, just that one line says that there is a level of submission that she has in this process of waiting. There's a level of submission to the process wow. that Esther was um, acting upon, that she was submitted to the process. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but there have been many times when I have gone through seasons yes. that were, tw you know, hindsight being 2020, mm -hmm. I realized were favorable, but when I was in it, I didn't see it as favorable. So instead of submitting to the season, I completely kicked against the bricks. Yes. I completely was like, uh -uh, I am not doing this. I refuse to change. But God was trying to change me. God was changing me. And here, when it says that Esther asked for nothing other than what the king's unit suggested, tells me that she was submitted to the process. And she said, okay, if this is what I need to go before the king, if this is how I should, yes. should act, if this is what needs to be done, even though I don't know why I'm here, I'm not quite sure of the full picture, I submit to that process. Can I submit to you that there are some of you out here yes. where God is saying, look, yield. Submit, submit to the process that I have you in right now. Yes, I see your dreams. Yes, I see your mm -hmm. passions. Yes, I see the call and the desire that I yes. placed on your life. <laughs> yes. But if you submit to the season that I have you in right now, believe me, what you're coming out for, as Job would say, is going to be like pure gold. Yeah, because somebody, well, how long do I, and, and, and just give us a moment to really, because I feel like God is placing his finger right here. Well, how long do I got to go through this process of detoxing? Right. That's not the that's not the um, question. It's it's more about will I stay mm -hmm. in the process? Right. And and one of the things in the Bible, when oftentimes when you see words like purification, refiner's fire, and Isaiah, um, what the what's they called the people who deal with the metal, the metalsmith, the goldsmith, um, what they would do is how do I know when silver is purified? when the metal worker can see his reflection in the metal. That's how, that's how he knows it's purified, when he can see his reflections. Now, I'm going to say this, and many people, and I think I shared this with the men and I'm not, a couple of weeks ago or somebody, when the wind starts blowing, 
trash starts moving. When the wind starts blowing, trash starts moving. Why Why are you saying that? Because sometimes you may think just because you are seeing a lot of your own insecurities and impurities right now, your imperfections, come on, come on. you may think something is wrong. God always brings it up to blow it away. Okay, I'm going to say it again. God always brings it up to blow it away. So what he does is, he brings up you. You may say, "Man, I, I just see all my junk right now. I see my imperfect. I see my 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 frailties. I see my flaws. I see my mistakes, because right. that's part of the detox. All that stuff comes up. It starts coming up, and you're like, man, ugh, and it's ugly. And you don't want to see it. Yes. But God never brings it up to condemn. He brings it up so He can blow it away. That's so that's why when the wind starts blowing, trash starts moving. The trash is moving away. So whatever you may feel like is coming up out of you, that's unhealthy, ungodly. Consider the fact that, watch this, you're not in sin, you're being purified. You're being detoxed so that God can see his reflection clearer and cleaner in you. It is part of the preparation process. That's so good. That is and, so good. And I know I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm not going to say this uh, clearly like uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington always says it, but it's this, this phrase, God is getting me ready for something he has ready for me. So God, so God is getting you ready. Even if you don't understand the process of the preparation, you are being processed and prepared for something that God has ready for you. That's why PK said it's okay not to know. I know we're drilling this home, but I feel like God is speaking to many of you right here in this point right here. These last two years, these last three years for some of y'all, it has been nothing but detox, detoxing your speech. Because dirty talk, dirty language, and that's not always profanities. That's being recognizing that out of your word, your mouth were coming words of death, words right. of discourse. So good pessimism, cynicism, yeah. that you've been confessing things that do not line up with who you are in God. So God has been sanctifying your speech, sanctifying your thinking, just thinking beneath the privilege of who you are and who He's called you to be. So it's been a detox time. Some of you have been in DLC for two years, and you don't even know why you're here. You haven't discovered your ministry. You're like, I don't know my purpose. I don't know my potential. I don't even know what line of service I should be serving in. But you keep coming back. Could it be that God has simply been detoxing you? Detoxing you, detoxing you, detoxing you from religion and dead works and traditions of men so that you can have a heart that is so clean and so pure that you're ready to step in what he has ready for you. That's so good. That's why. I want to make sure you are clear about point number three. Hear me. Watch this. And I, th and I think this is going to really encourage some of us. You got to know you've been provoked to good works. Provoked to good works. Provoked to good works. Because at this point, this point becomes key. Because now Mordecai has found out about the edict to kill all the Jews. And he is, in chapter 4, weeping and mourning and wailing because he knows it's about to be mass genocide. Right. Now, Esther's in the palace. She's clueless because the scripture says she sent word to Mordecai through her um, attendants to try to figure out what is going on with my uncle, what's going on with this man who's been right. like a father figure who's raised me, what is going on with him. So she's clueless. And, and, and she's like... Get out of the sackcloth and ashes. She sends him clothes to wear. He don't want to wear the clothes to wear. I mean, he's what, and he and he tells Hathak, go tell her this is what's going on. And when she finds out, she's like, oh, right. 
Right. Are you for real? Right. Not not a oh like for real like like oh my god oh my god oh my. She's just going. She's like oh okay because she's insulated. She's secure. Right. She. Right. I mean, she's the queen. She's you know, ain't, ain't gonna bother me. And uh, I feel bad. Can you know? And so Mordecai tells her, look, I need you to know that if you don't help, God is going to raise up some help from somewhere. Right. I also want you to know that you ain't going to uh, live through this yourself. You're, yeah, yeah, I want to let you know, somebody's going to find out who you are. And what I put in my notes I thought was fascinating just for my own self is this. He didn't want her to live blinded by her own fears or deceived by her own sense of comfort. He didn't want her to be blinded or deceived. Right. He provoked her beyond thinking about what is only in my best interest. Because in her best interest, she said, I could just stay silent. In my best interest, I don't have to do anything. And, and I, I, yeah, you know, one of the things I have found in these seasons is it's the trick of the enemy to become so wrapped up mm -hmm. in you. Mm -hmm. and where you are and what's happening in your life. And, and I can find myself in seasons where it's like, okay, Lord, you are, you are clearly <laughs> stripping me. You are clearly molding me. You're clearly doing something in me. Yes. Taking some, you know, bringing some ugliness to the surface and taking it out, and it's not always comfortable. And so I just want to kind of turn in and lick my wounds, yes. you know, so to speak. And, but there was something that stood out for me with Esther, and it's, it's in verse 4, and it talks about how she was greatly distressed at hearing of Mordecai's mm -hmm. distress. Mm -hmm. And to, and that gave me a picture of a heart that I believe the Lord wants me to have and wants all of us to have. And that's a heart of compassion, a heart that can still be touched. There, one of my, you know, one of my favorite singers of back in the day. <laughs> Larnell Harris. Okay, so he's like from way back in the day, but he really speaks to me. And one of his songs, I think we've mentioned it before, the, the line is, as long as the heart still breaks, there's hope. Yep. And... The thing is that I see here is that Esther's heart was still able to be touched. Yes. Her heart was able to break. And I don't know, but have you gone, have you driven down the road in Atlanta, many of the surrounding cities, and seen someone who was in need on the side of the street? Maybe mm -hmm. they were homeless, maybe they mm -hmm. were hungry, you know, whatever the sign said. And were you able to just drive by and your heart not even be moved to, to pray? Mm -hmm. Let's say you don't have any cash. Let's say you don't have any food in the car. Yeah. But your heart isn't even moved to pray for them. There is a part that I see here in Esther's life where it says that if, for me, when it's my time, I've got to know that I have been provoked to good works because my heart has to still be able to be moved. Can my, I feel? Yeah, my heart feel. has got to feel the pain of those around me. My heart has got to still be, has, cannot be so wrapped up in me, cannot be so hardened by my needs that I miss the needs of those around me. Yes. And that's what I see in Esther's life. And that says, God, keep, Lord, keep my heart. Know my heart, Father. And if there's any part of my heart that is so self-absorbed that I can't be moved by the pain of those around me, then, Lord, I need you to do a work in me in that Yes, area. yes. Don't let me become so full of me mm -hmm. that there's no room yes, for yeah, someone yeah, else that's it, that's it. Um, to be transformed through my life. That's it. And so when we talk about being provoked to good works, you know, it is... The word provoke, especially is used in Hebrew, it talks about spur one another, provoke one another to good works, incite each other, incite each other, right. irritate each other to good works. And in the Bible, good works are always attached to doing and living beyond just selfishness. Right. 
is always attached to going beyond selfishness and self-centeredness. Because here's what happens in our culture and in our world. When, when, you are, when there's a threat, when there is something um, going on in the culture, in the world, that is going to rob you right. or somehow come against your comfort, kick into the law of self-preservation. And that is the opposite in God's kingdom. Because the opposite, the the way you preserve your life in God's kingdom is you give your life away. Yeah. Yeah. It is to yeah. give. And so what Mordecai was saying to her was, think beyond just you. Go beyond just you. Live beyond just you. Think about the fact that you may be in this position for such a time as this. Right. Not for your life to be preserved, but for you to preserve the entire race. And I want to tell you, have you ever considered that where you are in life, let's just say even professionally on your job, let's just say in your community, let's just say in ministry, in that family, have you ever considered that your influence goes much larger than what you're thinking? Right. That you're, they say an introvert, myself, I'm an introvert, <laughs> believe it or not, I, I am classified as an introvert, <laughs> that the, intro, the uh, most introverted of all introverts is going to influence at least 10,000 people in their lifetime. Wow. At least 10,000 wow. people. So I, can, I can't be so insulated that I become ineffective That's good. for God. That's good. I got to be provoked. And here's the challenge as we get ready to move to point four. Mm -hmm. Do not run away from people who are provoking you mm. beyond your comfort. Do not run from people. And I'm looking at all my DLC people right now. Don't come run on. from people. You may not leave the church, but I know you, you don't want to come near Pastor Roy. You start you used to sit on the third row. Now you're sitting all the way in the back. Or near. Or, or, or near. Yeah, you're, 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 you're trying to come in. You don't want to be provoked. Two things are going to happen in your life. Either you're going to fill your life with people who pacify you, which is always an indication they don't love you, uh, or you're going to fill your life with people who provoke you to be your best and do your best in God, which is a sign that they love you. That's good. That's good. Wisely and lovingly provoke you. He provoked her because he loved her. He saw her potential. He had a potential clue concerning her purpose. And I love you enough. And my last point under here, my last sub thought under that is this. I got to love you enough that my love for you is stronger than the fear you may have about yourself. Mm. That my love for you is stronger than the fears you may have about yourself to provoke you to the next level, That's to good. good works. Here's the last one. I'm pressed into spiritual growth. I've been pressed into spiritual growth. I don't know if we got questions or anything um, uh, that I've been pressed into spiritual growth. Why, why are you saying I've been pressed into spiritual growth? What does it have to do with growing in God? Because Esther's initial response to Mordecai was this. You can't just barge into the king. And want to see the king. I don't care what's going on. You got to be summoned. You got to be invited into the right. king's presence. Right. Because there's only one law if you go in without being invited. That's death. And she's like, uh-uh. It's been 30 days. So she's like, my time with the king has passed. Okay. My window with the king is over. Mm -hmm. The time where I could say and do and make my request known or ask the king for something, that's passed. That's gone. Now it's been 30 days. And I love the insight to this little exchange because what it tells us is this right here. Yeah. That in that 
dialogue, you see that the relationship between the king and queen wasn't real, a real relationship. It was more rules-based. Okay. It was more rules-based. Okay. Because if you're my queen, you got to wait till your turn to come. Wait till I call you. Wait till I call you. That, that won't fly with her. I call her my queen. Talking about you got to wait to be summoned before we before we talk. You got to wait to be summoned. She'd be like, okay, you done lost your everlasting mind. But it was more rules-based, right. not relationship. Right. Now, turn that over to spiritual growth. There are many of you, many of you, who you only approach God or your attitude towards God is fear-driven. It is, it is fear-driven. So you won't say anything until you feel like you've earned God's favor and God's approval. Until you have read enough That's scriptures. Good. That's good. Until you have been good for that week or those couple of days. So it is fear-based. So you, now I, nah, my prayer life is regulated by my performance. Uh-uh. No, no, no. I can't go yeah. right now. I can't yeah. go into the presence of my king, the king of kings and lord of lords right now. I still got this going on. I mean, the, it, I, if I was going to go to God, I should have went then. I missed my time. I can't go now. And that is a fear-based relationship. And what Mordecai shows through his encouragement to Esther is that you got to go to the king on faith. Even if you feel like you've missed your window, even if you feel like it's not your time, even if you feel like all the I's haven't been dotted and the T's haven't been crossed, take a step of faith. That's why you're being pressed into spiritual growth to connect with God on a faith level that you've never had before. Because her tagline that everybody loves to hoop and holler about, if I perish, let me perish, but I'm going to see the king. And this is a season where you've been pressed into spiritual growth, where you got to recognize, just like Esther, you are too favored to live this fearful. That's good. I'm going to say it again, and you need to put that in the comment line. You are too favored of God to live this fearful of God. Come on, wait, wait Danielle. Danielle is my scribe. She, she's going to make a T-shirt. She's going to make a bandana, and she's going to make a slogan out of it. It's going to be in her five minutes of encouragement and exhortation. You are too favored of God to live this fearful of God. What do you mean this fearful? This fearful of stepping out of your comfort zone. This fearful of stepping into positions of prominence, of visibility, of speaking up, of making sure that God's voice, God's love, God's truth, God's peace, God's joy can come out of your life in whatever platform he's given you. One of the guys shared yesterday about how you know, he, he wants to step out, but you, know, you, you start considering, suppose I lose my job. And let me tell you something. This is the season where you're being pressed into spiritual growth. Watch this to step into the opportunity and let the outcome be up to God. And and mm -hmm. let's let's catch this, though, as as we were reading in chapter 14 and Esther is beginning to recognize that Mordecai saying, hey, look, you're not um, immune to what's happening mm -hmm. out here. You as a Jewish woman will die as mm -hmm. well. So maybe God has you here for such a time as this. Yes. Esther then calls a fast. Yes. She goes into the place of consecration. Yes. And yes. that's the thing. When we go into that place of consecration yes. and saying, hey, Lord, you know what? I'm saying yes to the where you have me. I'm saying yes to whatever you have for me to do. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm not yes. separating the time for me to consecrate and hear your voice yes. so that when I speak, I speak your yes. heart. Yes. I'm not just speaking off of yes. the emotions that I have in my yes. reasoning and in my understanding. Yes. Exactly. And I believe that that's where, and this is just, you know, 
my sanctified imagination. I believe that it's in the place of consecration where Esther got the strategy yes. and how to approach the king. Yes, that, um, uh, I, I agree 100%. I was looking at some of the comments, and one of my covenant, one of my, one, one of my best friends over in um, Dubai is watching right now. Um, um, Dedrick Womble is watching. And he's talking about we need to hear Pastor Roy sing, and he is he he's not prophesying. He is right now. He's a, he's anointed. He's prophesying. He's anointed musician, uh, and he's like going to the presence. Lead us sing. No, Dedrick is not in the will of God right now, y'all. Great musician, great uh, leader, but he's not in the will of God. Um, I just feel like you, like in this season, we gotta know God is saying take the step. Okay. Take the step. Step into it's a faith step, and that's why it's a press into spiritual growth for you to get out of that fear box and take that step by faith. Yes. And then the prayer, the fasting, the consecration. And I love the they fact work they, they work hand in hand, they work, hand, they work in hand. hand in hand. Get that's why you always hear if you don't have some faith friends that watch this, she tells Mordecai, not just you fast. But I'm a fast, and all my attendants are going to fast. Right. So sometimes there's some prayer and fasting that you need to tell the whole house going to fast. I know one of the things we practice sometimes, we get much lip side eye from our kids. We'll say everybody's fasting. And uh, why we got to fast? Y'all the pastors? Why we got to fast? It, the whole house, everything in my sphere of influence is going to take this step of faith also, not just the parents. Everybody's going to fast. All my friends are fasting. Everybody's attached to me is fast. Because why? The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. And let me give you your big so what. Here's the big so what. Here's the big so what. Just because it happened by default doesn't mean it didn't happen by design. Okay. See, just because it happened by default doesn't mean it didn't happen by design. In other words, sometimes... You, you can easily look at Esther's story and go, man, she became queen by default. Right. Yeah, but if you look closely, it was by God's design. Mm -hmm. So you can't let the enemy diminish this moment That's and good. telling you it wasn't by divine design. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you right where you are, it is divine design, mm -hmm. even if in the natural it looks like it was a default. That's good. That's good. You're still, watch this, you're still the right person for the right time even if it looked like you got there by default and someone else's disqualification. That's so now's not the time to trip. Now's the time to step up, speak up, stand up, be more vocal, more visible. Okay. Wherever God has called you, I'm saying this is the time. Get into that boardroom. Pray fast. God, give me your words, and the Holy Spirit is going to give them to you. Step out. Now is that time. Step up, speak up, regardless of your profession. You may be a janitor. This is your time. You don't know. You may have the conversation with the CEO. When the door opens, when the door opens walk, through. walk through it. That's it. For some of you, it, yeah, you're on that nonprofit. You're on that board. You're, you're on that auxiliary team. You're on that committee. Now is the time. You're in that community. Now is the time. The time is now. It's your time. It's your turn. Go for it. Let me give you a weekly challenge. Here it is. I want you to identify in the Bible. I want you to identify one biblical character that relates to you in this season. So that means take inventory where you think you are. Find you one character because there's somebody in the Bible that can relate to you. Then 
I want you to list three reasons why that person relates to you. Right. Why does that person relate to you? Your three reasons why. And then watch this. For each reason, I want you to attach one promise that God has for that. Okay. You may say, somebody may say, I feel like Gideon this season. Fearful, insecure, right. don't know what God is trying to do. Unseen, Unseen hidden. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now find you a promise that God says about when you feel when you feel like God has forgotten you, when you feel like God has forsaken, we're going to end on a promise, not the problem. That's right. And so that's that is what we believe is the word of the Lord for today. Amen. The time is now. Any insights, any comments, any feedbacks, put them in there. Let us know any insights, comments, feedback, because if we're speaking to you, also give us a thumbs up. Give us the shoe, as Tracy Braswell would say, run around the church, run around. Give us the shoe, let us know. We want you to be encouraged. This is your time. You, feel you may feel undeserved, you may feel unqualified, but God always calls the least likely to do the almighty because it's him working in us, his good will to do his good pleasure, as Philippians say. That's it. That's it. And I think in this, in this climate right now, we're looking for who will take the lead. Mm. And I say, and we say, you will take the lead. You will take the lead. I will take the, the lead. lead. Yes. Wherever God has placed us with yes. the level of influence he's given us. Yes. Lord, we will take, take the, the lead. lead. Here am I, send me. And that's why I don't want no one to trip. It may not be it may not be visible like somebody else. Your lead does, may not look. It may not be you preaching in a church. It may not find you on TV or doing an interview. It may it may be taking the lead just in your neighborhood. Taking the lead in the school where you volunteer. Taking the lead in an executive position where you already have it and you're talking to the decision makers is more about you just owning up this is my time now is my time now is my turn to step up stand up speak up be more visible more more vocal because god has been purifying me preparing me processing me for this moment right here to give meaning to this moment to give purpose to the position and so we love you guys Father, we pray for those three areas, those three categories. Touch hearts, transform minds, bring us all to your feet where we will serve you more intensely and more intimately because we were created for your pleasure, created for good works. And like we discussed this morning, the time is now for us to be about your business more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we're going to prepare to give back to God. Amen. Absolutely. We wouldn't close our time without giving you an opportunity and giving ourselves an opportunity to continue our worship through our giving. And so now that we're social distancing, we are giving online. Mm -hmm. And you may do so at our through our website, discoverlifega.org. I believe we're going to put a link in the um, comment lines as well. And then if you would like to mail your offering in your tithes and your offering, you can do that as well. Our um, mailing address, PO Box 76908, um, Sandy Springs, 30358 is also listed on our website at discoverlifega.org as well. Again, thank you for not only supporting faithfully yes. with your tithes and offering, yes. but supporting and partnering with what God is doing yes. in and through DLC with your prayers, with your fasting, with your faith, believing the best, believing the best about our King, about our Lord, yes. believing the best about each other, believing the best about this season that we are in. For such a time as this, we yes. are here. Yes. You are here. Yes. For such a time as this, DLC is here. 
And I believe the Lord has yes. us and that he is going to allow us to be yes. a voice to speak life, to represent life, to model life mm -hmm. to a dying community. So yes. we love you. We are we speak God's blessings yes. over your life. We'll go ahead and pray over the offering and bless the Yes. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. We give cheerfully and joyfully, knowing that all that we have received, we got it because you're a good, good father. And so we return to you our tithes, 10% of any and all of our income as an expression of worship, obedience, and expectation to you. Father, we give to you cheerfully and joyfully because you love a cheerful giver. And it's our privilege to give to you. Now, Father, as we um, depart uh, from this service on today, we ask that your face will continue to smile upon us. Your grace will continue to strengthen us. Your love will continue to compel us and constrain us. Your joy, Father, will continue to fill our hearts. And most of all, that we will continue to take steps of faith, knowing that the just shall live by faith. Cover us and keep us safe from not only danger seen, but danger that's unseen. Protect us from all viruses. Heal us from all infirmities. Thank you for and listening. I pray you enjoyed today's teaching. Let's keep in touch by subscribing to the Discover You podcast. Us. Be blessed. It's my time. It's my turn. The time is now because he's prepared me for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.